Imagine, if you will, you uh, have someone, you know, say your grandma or whatever, uh, in front of you, and uh, she wants to hand you the most precious thing she has ever owned in her life. It is, in her eyes, priceless. It may be priceless monetarily, but mostly it's priceless to her. It's very fragile, a crystal kind of thing. So she says, please put your hands together carefully so I can hand this to you so you can look at it, examine it, because, you know, maybe it's one day I want it to be yours. So you put your hands together, but you're not being real careful, and when she hands it to you, it slips right through your fingers, crash, and breaks to pieces. That's the scripture today. We have this first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. It's the suffering servant, and, and this description, this description of what God will do through the suffering servant, how he's going to use the suffering servant, he will not abandon him, he will care for him. And, and it, this is how it ends. He says, um, I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Now always we take these passages, suffering servant, although I don't believe that Isaiah was writing them about Jesus with any kind of a direct line because, well, maybe of the prophet or the Messiah. But in any case, we always apply these to Jesus. And they're very true. The Lord has spoken. The Lord uses uh, his son. And through his cross and death and resurrection, he will give light and life to the nations. So here's the one hand. Then on this other side is the responsorial psalm. I will sing of your salvation. And from the point of the view of the one who has received this light and life, listen to these words. I take refuge in you, Lord. You never put me to shame. You rescue me. You deliver me. Incline your ear to me. You are my hope, my trust. I depend on you from my birth. From my mother's womb, you give me strength. Oh, my God. So here we have God reaching into the suffering servant, making this one the light to the nations. This one, trusting and believing in it so deeply, these hands come together and you think they would hold anything and everything and then we get Jesus the Christ. And here he is at the table and it says right at the beginning, he was deeply troubled, deeply troubled, and then he says these words, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. These are his closest 12. These are the ones who walked the road with him everywhere for the last three years, participating in and witnessing all of his ministry, all of the miracles, everything. One of you will betray me. And he was deeply troubled. And then right in the middle, these three words, after describing who is it, well, the one I dip the bread and the morsel into and when I give it to him, blah, 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 blah. And then it says, so Judas took the morsel and left at once. And then it says, oh, four words, pardon me. And it was night. And it was night. Darkness. Can't see. Blindness. Tripping and falling. Betraying negating, denying. All of this comes to light in this story. 
when we, we, we're so familiar with it, we read it and, and perhaps sadness comes into us and other feelings and other emotions. But quite frankly, this is a, a passage and, and the passion is the passage that we need to read totally sober. And I'm not using it like drunk or not drunk. I mean alert, aware, sober, looking in the mirror of the passion and identifying the many faces of us. Identify. We, we have to identify with Judas. We have to. We have to identify with the betrayer. If we don't, we're robbing ourselves of an important part of our spiritual life because we are betrayers, not directly to Jesus or to God. None of us would ever think of ourselves that way, but we betray the word, we betray the gospel, we betray grace, we betray our call, we betray our baptism in multiple ways, and perhaps every day, in our little impatiences, our rudeness, our judgments of one another, our judgments about ourselves, our, our inability sometimes just to love ourselves, forgive ourselves. This is a betrayal. It's not a betrayal that we should walk away droopy-eyed and crying and sobbing. It's a betrayal that we need to look at and say, Lord, Lord, really, you want more for me, don't you? You do want to give me light and make me the light, don't you? I mean, every one of us, baptized, anointed, so that we can bring the gospel to the world. Lord, this is what you want of me, don't you? And of course he does. So, sober alert, careful. We listened to the word all this week and, and, and these few days, it, it's, like, it's like we freeze the frame. We freeze the frame at this meal and listen to this conversation. And it's awkward and it's awful, but it's part of the story. And in it, we will find light. Let us lift up our needs and prayers to God.